So you guys know that I love a good book. So I have curated my own book collection by Jameer Smith on Amazon. So make sure you check it out at www.amazon.com backslash shop backslash Jameer underscore Smith. And check out some of these amazing books that I chose. (laughs) Happy reading. (laughs) How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? You know what? Listen, Carlos, I'm in the building, so that's all we're going to (laughs) say. Okay, I know that's right. (laughs) Another, Another day. So first and foremost, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And guess what? You are already live. Boom. I am. You are already live, baby. That's what we do. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, as you already hear, we have somebody in the building that we're super excited to have on the show. And listen, when you think about professional dancer, choreographer, you guys probably most recently have seen him dancing alongside the musical icon, Beyonce. But, you know, it was just an amazing sold out tour all over the world that just wrapped. And this person has an opportunity to just be on the show because of all of the talent that he possessed. You could have also seen this person on HBO, Max Legendary, the phenomenal, the talented, the amazing Carlos Basquiat. That was a great introduction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Carlos, let me tell you, the people love when I do an intro because they're like, well, dang, you made me sound real good. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Listen, we appreciate you. Before we even get started, and I already know that this is like a loaded question, how has your 2023, how has this year been for you? Oh, my God. Um, I honestly can't even find the words to describe what that, what 2023 has been for me. I mean, to be honest, 2022 started it off for me. The beginning of 2022 was really the moment where, um, where I left Atlanta, I left a very toxic relationship and it just opened up the doors for me to have the opportunity to, um, be in spaces that I've only dreamed of. And to be working with um, two queens at the same time last year and just um, the premiere of the movie that I was in and just countless jobs, I've just been able to just be grateful. And then 2023 comes around the corner and just lapsing with another great opportunity. So I've just been trying to live in the moment um, because when you get so caught up with everything that's going on and everything that you manifest is like showing up right at your doorstep, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can get lost in all of that. And so I've been just trying to live in every second of what 2023 has been, and it still feels like a dream. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and I have to say it is a dream, you know, because I think you have and are living a beautiful fantasy that so many people want to live. And I think mm-hmm. what's so amazing about you is that A lot of people really do look at your life and say, wow, if he can do it, can I do it? I want to be able to do it as well. And you have been able to provide spaces for people to just feel like themselves and to just really embrace 
you know, who they are, embrace, you know, where they come from and all of the above. But I think the other piece around who you are is that you're resilient. You have been able to really, really find out who you are as a person, as a man, and really just exude that on the stages, on your social media. And before we even get started with our interview, I just want to say we thank you for that. Oh, it is my pleasure. It is my pleasure. You know, I've always, um, a couple of years ago, was going through this crisis of, like, what is my purpose here and why was I given this gift? You know, because I, I always tell people I didn't choose dance. Dance chose me. And um, it's not an easy um, field to be in. And so, um, you know, it's, it's I've being on this tour and um, being a part of, of the visuals last year really put into perspective why why I'm here and what's my purpose. And so I'm just grateful to be able to share my gifts with everyone. You're yeah. multi-talented, Carlos. And I mean, you're an accomplished <laughs> model, you. choreographer, dancer, a part of the dolls, darling. Yes, you're God. <laughs> <laughs> but before we can even get into your even most recent work, I want to go back. Let's start about where you grew up. Talk about, talk, let's talk about that. So I grew up in the Boogie Down Bronx. Come on, BX. On, yes, on 167th Street in Webster. Um, and I grew up in, in the area of the Bronx that wasn't, um, it wasn't the greatest. Um, and so we lived on this little block just three buildings and just around us were like the projects and like other huge buildings and stuff. But yeah, I grew up in the Bronx, in the South Bronx. When you mm-hmm. think about some of the happiest times that you had as a child, give us about one or two. The happiest time for me as a child, um, I would have to say the holidays was really big in my household as a child. I mean, we we had we didn't have it all, but my mom made sure that um, she made sure that we had it all by you know not just Christmas. Every holiday, my mom would go above and beyond. Like Valentine's Day, Easter, she would just decorate <laughs> the apartment. You know, she would just like bring us into that world. You know, and 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 show us that um, you can still have everything and not have nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the beautiful part about my mom and then the other thing were my siblings we all got along so well when we were younger you know mm. I'm, I'm the middle child i have an older brother who's a year older than me and my sister who's two years younger than me mm. and um we you know my mom really spent a lot of time um making sure that we grew up you know loving one another and just being there for one another so we were we we were messes when we were kids. And it was just all fun. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought about something the other day when I was on the phone with my mom and dad. And, um, you know, I had most recently just relocated to L.A. from Atlanta. And I think about quotes that our parents say that as we continue to get older, um, they kind of mirror where we are in our lives. And my dad said to me, keep on living can you think of a quote that your mom used to always say to you that you now still use current day? Absolutely. 
my mom always used to say, never give up no matter how things get. Mm. And I think that that's why I've always been able to be so resilient, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, because life is hard, you know? And it's so much easier to give up than to keep pushing and keep trying. Yeah. You know, and I think that the one thing I've always noticed in my parents, um, no matter how hard things got, they they always found a solution to everything. Um, and so that was something that we grew up. That was actually, like, our motto in our, our home. No, like, Don't give up. School, <laughs> never give up. Yeah. Never. And so, yeah, I think that that, that quote really has... Um, she really instilled that quote into us at a very young age. Well, I think mm-hmm. we can see just like in your hunger, like throughout the years, as we see your evolution, the ballroom scene to regular scenes to now even the main stages, you have not given up. As we wrap a little piece of like just your growing up period, when you were young, what did you what did you value the most and why? When I was young, what did I value the most? I valued, honestly, I I valued the people that um that always believed in me. Um, and these are individuals that um were like family friends, mentors. Um, I was really like people knew me as a kid, would we'll overgo to every Swiss every Swiss sixteen party <laughs> or every block party, and everybody would be against the wall and I walk in. And I didn't care. I would be on the dance floor dancing. Carlos said, what's up? <laughs> Carlos said, what's up? And so um, the people that really grew up around me all the time and those same people that was always around my environment, they always saw a gift in me and they would always share like, you're going to be, you're going to take up space and the spaces that, that need you. And you, you, you're so talented and you're you're so gifted mm-hmm. and um at a very young age growing up you know i went through a lot and so um i took value in their words because those words were the words that actually motivated me to keep going you know these are the people that saw something in me before i could see something in myself mm-hmm. and i've always valued those people because till this day they still text messages. They send me text messages. They talk to my mom. They're like, we're so proud of your son. We knew that he was going to be a star, you know? And to this day, I still value those people because I still talk to them and they still tell me the same thing, you know? Yeah. And that's actually like the word, those are the things that I take with me, you know, when, when I walk into spaces that um, that I'm allowed to walk into and, and share my gift, you know? So yeah. I think that the people that really know me for a while are the people that I value the most. Those are the things that I miss, honestly, about, you know, mentors and people that really do mean something to us because those are the ones that really help push us to, like, really understand our our craft, our passion. And, you know, we need those people because those are the ones that don't want anything from us. They really just see how genuine and how passionate we are about our crafts and they just support us in every aspect. How and when did you become involved in the ballroom community? Okay, so I'm trying to figure out a way to make this very short because it's crazy. <laughs> Life has a way of of creating different lanes mm-hmm. that I would run into ballroom. And so my mentor was very huge in the scene in New York City. 
um, at a very young age, he would bring me into the clubs when I was underage and I would perform with him. And so at these clubs and spaces that we performed at, um, Willie Ninja was always um, the host of every event. He mm-hmm. was also a huge socialite in New York City. And so I would see him, you know, and my mentor would introduce me to him. And then my brother was um, had moved out and was living with somebody named Richard. <laughs> and it just so happens that I was then in the house of Ninja and Richard would tell me, you look like somebody that that stays at my place and works at my job. You're like, that's my you brother. I mean? <laughs> sure enough, it was my brother. And we had no idea that, I had no idea that my brother was living with the house mother at the time of the house of Ninja. And it just so happens that, you know, I was a ninja. And so when those two worlds collided, um, that was really the first time that I, re- I met Willie. I was a part of the Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club in the Bronx, mm-hmm. the same place that Jennifer Lopez is also a, uh, an alumni in. Mm-hmm. I'm also an alumni there, too. And my friend will come, like, before our rehearsals and practices, will come and play, like, beats in his car. And I'm like, what is this? What? And then he was like, he, he would start voguing and all that stuff. And this was, like, in 2000, this is, like, 99, 2000, like, three, four. And I'm like, he was like, this is the, like, this, I'm voguing. And I'm like, he was like, I need to take you to the clubhouse, which was on 122nd <laughs> in Harlem. And I was like, okay, I want to go. This was the very first time that I ever stepped foot in a ball, like in a mini ball Ooh. ever. And when I walked into that scene, you know, I'm a very, um, I've always been a timid, shy individual. So when I walked into that space, it was very overwhelming for me. Yeah. I was very shy, very quiet, but I was just absorbing like a sponge, like, Oh my God, just looking around at like the different cliques and the different houses and the attitude and the energy and the rawness of it. And I'm like, wow, this is like, this is like what it is to like be in the underground scene and witness something like at its best. Mm-hmm. And I just remember standing there watching, watching these houses battle and vogue. And I just remember telling myself, I can just re- see it. It was clear as day. I remember telling myself, this is going to be a gem. 10 to 15 years from now, this is going to be so mainstream because to me, it was like art in motion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, that was the very, that was the first time that I came across the ballroom community and then I was obsessed. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up taking my mom to the clubhouse and my brother. Not you took, like, not you took mom. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I took mom to the clubhouse. Not you took mom to the, you know what? Okay. All right now. And she, she had a ball, literally. Like, she, uh, she came home. She was like, oh, my God, that was so much fun. And then she, like, dipped on the bed. And I was like, you know what? Be like, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ma'am, sit down. Stop playing. <laughs> right. So let me ask you, why do you, why do you think that there's such a suddenly huge interest in the ballroom scene? Um, I believe there's such a huge interest because I, I now truly feel like people see people have taken the time to go and see the raw talent that's in there mm-hmm. you know people think of the people think of the ballroom, ballroom scene and they immediately being vogue but but the ballroom scene is so much more than that you know there's so many different categories that allow people to be talented in the craft that they're good in you know you have people that walk face people that create bizarre costumes that are out of this world um, hair, makeup, you know, and the thing is that, you know, ballroom has always been around for a very long, very long time, but I just think that people um, just never cared for it because it was something that wasn't 
mainstream or commercialized at the time. But I feel like, you know, because of Vogue Evolution, um, that was really the first time the world really got to see the gift that is the ballroom scene, you know, and they see the the um, the impact that it has on, on the community mm-hmm. and what it provides for the community outside of the talent that's in there, the family aspect, the the um, how everyone looks out for each other. Um, and I think that people, especially now, you know, it's the world that we're living in, people, people really see the gift that it is, you know, and I think that um, sometimes you have the wrong people that come across it and try to capitalize off of it. And then you have the right people that really bring in the people that really matter to really keep the authenticity of, of the ballroom scene, Yeah, you know? And um, I think that when you spend a, quite some time in it, you fall in love with it because you see that, you know, it, that's something that can't be duplicated. Exactly. You know, even being, even being on Legendary, I think that was the closest thing that we're ever going to get, you know, to, to the scene. But even that was still hard to portray on television. And I think that they did they the best with trying to portray it. But I was about to ask you, I was going to ask you that. It's interesting. I love you right now. It's like alignment is like beautiful. It's like entering into my next question. Carlos, stop it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, my God. Legendary, honestly, was my next question because, like, what did you learn from that experience? And for the people that don't know or may not remember Legendary, it started in 2020. Um, you know, the judges were Jamila Jamil, La Roach, Laomi, The Amazing, Megan Thee Stallion, Kiki Palmer. And again, it was pulling from the underground ballroom community, from voguing and teams calling themselves, of course, houses. And as they competed in different dance challenges and they just showcased the beautiful fashions and a chance to win prizes. But to your point, I feel like there were so many things that the networks have to do to make sure that it is appealing to the regular audience, you know, the viewers. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from that experience? Oh my God, so much. So what a lot of people don't know, um, before we even pitched it to HBO Max, it was being pitched to different networks. And I was a part of the sizzle, which happened a year before we released Legendary. And it it, it went completely ghost. Oh, and wow. we didn't hear anything from them ever again. And then the following year of 20... What was that? 2020? Or 2021? I don't actually remember. It's been so long. But we actually got the green light. And the balls just started rolling. And so season one was kind of like, we were almost like the guinea pigs, you know, of how are we going to portray this to the world? And I think that, to me, I loved every season, but our season was, to me, was probably the best. Not because I was in it and not because we made tattoos, but because (laughs) it was the rawest. It was. It was. It was. It was so raw. We were trying things right on the spot um there was a lot of i learned i learned a lot i learned patience i learned how to um i learned how to speak my mind in a way where it still was it was still professional i learned how to be there for my um not only for the other contestants but be there and be supportive to my 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 house members on the show because this was the first time that some of them were even on such a huge platform, yeah. you know, and doing something so big. And so, um, you know, people think that 
we 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 know each other so long, so we know each other. But the truth of the reality is, is that we may know each other, but we don't spend every day with each other. So Absolutely. On this show, yep. We literally sit in the same hotel. We were in the same space twenty four seven, and so you know that can get a little overwhelming. And so we learned just how to how to like learn and work around each other. We would sit and ask each other questions, and you know what you know what what sets you off, and if it sets you off, what's the best way to handle it? Mm-hmm. And I think that that also taught me like how to work in a group you know with other individuals and um and it just taught me i just i i sat back and just looked at every aspect of it i looked at the lighting portion and the 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 you know the lighting the filming the camera you know in those spaces you you don't only want to absorb where you are but you want to absorb your surrounding you know mm-hmm. because and then at the end of the day, you know, you never know what next opportunity is going to approach you. And Absolutely. it was an amazing thing that I did that because and then when season two came out, I was asked to be a uh, assistant choreographer next to Tanisha Scott. Do, do, do. You know, and so, yeah. And, Come and, on. And, uh, uh, and be, a, um, you know, her assistant host as well to give the other houses, you know, some feedback some feedback and, you know, yeah how approach, yeah how to uh, approach the 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 categories and how to you know stand out and it was great to, to see these houses evolve to see people that i've known from the ballroom scene even before to be a part of the show and be so deserving of it and so yeah it was a great experience for sure so when you think about the ballroom culture do you think that it is one of the most diverse communities and have you witnessed that? And do you actually feel that that's a true statement? Absolutely. At first, um, the scene wasn't as diverse because when something is underground, um, as the ballroom scene was, it's only it's only available to the certain masses that um, that know about it. You know, the moment that it became mainstream and commercialized, and the moment that it hit Vogue Evolution, and then you had. You know, Laomi, you had Deshaun, you had Pony, you had all these individuals now teaching overseas. Mm-hmm. And so they're taking that seed and planting that seed, you know, in other countries. And so what that does is that, you know, people see Vogue Evolution and, you know, we have a, a, a diverse of people that watch it, you know. And so they find out that, you know, these individuals are over there and they're planting these seeds. And so what happens is, you know, we accept everyone you know, and everybody in the in the voguing scene. You know, all that we really ask is that you respect and you support and you do it right. And yeah. you keep the, the authenticity of it, you know, thriving because the moment that you take something that doesn't belong to you and you try to, like, add your own formula to it, then that's when you're going to really piss off the community. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like it's, we invited you into our space and it's like you're stealing the ideas, you're stealing, you know, everything that we shared with you and now you're trying to, you know presented in in a way where you created it and so um i think that having these reliable leaders and legends and icons to be to go overseas to like paris and and japan and switzerland and all these european countries where europe is a diverse you know place itself it now opens the door for you know people of all color to be involved right you know and it just it, it just how you um how you walk into the space and you respect it and how you treat it but it's definitely um it's definitely 
like diverse. I mean, it's all over the place now. It is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And it just it just stays true to that that the scene is needed not only in the mecca of it in New York City, but it's needed in any community that that people need to feel seen and heard and respected. They need a family. They need a safe haven to like express themselves. You know, absolutely, it's so important. Mm-hmm. So when people heard that you were going to be on the show, of course, the questions started to roll in. And I mean, we had to simplify them down to like three. So our first question comes from Tim and Tim is out of Brooklyn, New York. He says, Carlos, how can someone interested in the ballroom culture learn more or become involved? That's a really good question. Come on, BK. Um, <laughs> you are so New York. I love it. <laughs> I, I am. So um, New York. That's a really good question. <laughs> Look, only only New Yorkers will understand that, y'all. Just the FYI. Exactly. <laughs> we proud. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's about educating yourself. I think that the best place to start is um, Paris is Burning. You know, I think it's very important mm. for people to know the birthplace of anything that you learn. Yeah. As far as um, any dance style, it's always important to know, like, the birthplace of it. And so starting with Paris is Burning, um, you know, to get to know, like, why the ballroom scene started, where it came from, who were the pioneers, how houses are created, why the houses were created. You get all those answers watching that. And so you get to build up now you get to build, like, a foundation if you didn't know what the ballroom scene is, you get a, a, a true perspective of the ballroom scene. And then from there, you know, you kind of, you, you had to pose um, because, and then pose is, is kind of a, a takeoff of Paris's burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have all these characters and, and they kind of bring um, what Paris is burning really didn't go into depth to, you know, now we have a, a, a way of like, you know, amplifying the story yeah. to make it make more sense. Mm-hmm. And then you have Pose, which was a beautiful, beautiful um, show. I was actually a part of the first season. I, was, ah. I did the pilot in episode five of the first season of Pose. And it was just an honor to be a part of it. Um, I love the stories. So many people from yeah. Park, yeah. So what? No, I was going to say, I love the stories on Pose. I think they were definitely necessary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they touched on a lot of a lot of, of huge topics um, that some people didn't even understand, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as you watch Pose and then, you know, you you um, you start to follow these ballroom individuals. And then, you know, the, it's all about asking questions as well. You know, like I'm from here. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, not not the fact that he's from Brooklyn. You know, they have OTA in Brooklyn open to all mm-hmm. and it's in Brooklyn. And so. You know, if he if he was to message me, I would say they have OTA in Brooklyn. You should go. It's every Monday, and then you go there, and then you get the rawness of what you've seen in Pose and you've seen in Paris is Burning. You kind of see the um, the evolution of what it is now, and you get the full experience. You know, because you have the commentator, you have the DJ, you have you know ballroom walkers, you have you know the 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 mecca of of ballroom was birthed in New York City, so you're yeah. getting all the authenticity of what that is, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, and the moment that you go, you become hooked and now you become a regular and you meet people, <laughs> you know, you meet, you meet your tribe. You may be a tribe that you may meet one person that you hit it off with. 
and that person may go to different balls in the city or outside of New York City. And then, you know, you start meeting people and then you start learning about all these balls and all these people and you just start learning, you know, you, it's it's all about like asking questions, you know, mm-hmm. and just, just informing yourself. The, the great thing about this time is that we have the internet where you can just like Google things and, and find things, you know? And so exactly. um, that's, that's kind of the best way to kind of go about it. Well, and I think like finding out about the scene first. Well, and I was going to say, even adding on to your point, like just build the relationships, right? Like, it's okay to really be inquisitive. And I think a lot of people really stand back and just say, well, maybe it's rude for me to ask this question or I don't have the guts to go up and ask this. You never know unless you go up and ask. You never know. Absolutely. It could either be yes or it could be no. And if it's no, that's right. fine. Figure out another direction. And that's okay, too. Absolutely. The next question, Absolutely. Next question comes from Tiffany. She's out of Miami. Shout out to Miami. She says, Carlos... <laughs> Carlos, I'm not doing this with you today. I'm not doing this with you today. She says, Carlos, do you feel that there are any similarities in the ballroom scene to drag pageants today? Oh, I love this question so much. Okay, so what a lot of people don't know, and may he rest his soul, I miss him so much. Hector, Hector Extravaganza. Oh, shout out to um, Hector. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, man. We we really lost a a, a great one and a, mm-hmm. a great pioneer. But I remember having a conversation with them over the phone, and he always used to start our conversation with "Stay Moist." That was his thing. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, Stay I'm moist. I'm for it. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just so funny because he gave me like a brief rundown and a brief history that the pageant the pageantry started from ballroom. What a lot of people don't know is that the ballroom scene has been around longer than the 60s and 70s, Mm. you know, and um, a lot of what you see in pageantry now, even in in RuPaul's Drag Race, you see the similarities in the judges. Yeah. You see the similarities in the... um, the constructive criticism that these judges give, you think about that, you think about ballroom. The only thing that we don't do in ballroom is give constructive criticism, but we give the constructive criticism through like tens and a chop, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's different in there, but, and then you have like best gown and, you know, you consider that like best dress. Got you know, then you have it. the talent portion yeah. of the drag show and then you have like the voguing portion of it. You know, it's like, you see those things and, and, and he put a lot of things in perspective that, you know, then... You know, there weren't too many people to say, like, you know, that's where you guys took this from, you know. Um, but it's, it's clear to see that 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 drag race has the same foundation as, you know, the ballroom scene. So, you know, drag and pageantry has heavy influence in, 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 in ballroom, you know, and... Um, and sharing the same like breakdown as far as like you know the pageantry and like the best gown and the talent and like you know the voting aspect of it you know so yeah yeah absolutely yeah definitely a lot of similarities so this next question is interesting because we have a backup question if you don't want to answer this question because it's actually interesting these people saw you of course on the renaissance stage right and the question says, what is the secret to a perfect death drop? 
So first of all, <laughs> we need to talk about vocabulary. Ooh, ooh, come on. And I didn't even mention the person's name because I didn't want to throw them under the bus. I decided to not even listen. Y'all already know. I knew what Carlos was going to say. So that's why I had a backup question. And the backup question comes from Lisa out of L.A. So, Lisa, we may come to your question. I don't know. But listen, Carlos, it's up to you if you want to answer that. You know what? I know, I know, a, I know a Lisa from LA, and I hope that is not the Lisa that I know. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, first of all, it's not a, it's not called a death drop. Ooh, ooh let let's them know. Get, let's let's get that clear. Um, I think that we've seen um, a lot of spaces create vocabulary for different moves, and obviously, we know that the move that they call a death drop. Um, comes from though at least where I've seen it comes from RuPaul's Drag Race, mm-hmm. and um, it it's been a constant thing with trying <laughs> to correct the vocabulary that we use when it comes to that move. So we're gonna start there. It's not a death drop. It's a death drop. It's called a dip. And there's different ways to. I mean, there's two. There's two different styles of vogue. You have the soft and feminine side of voguing, mm. and then you have the dramatic side of voguing. Ah. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of hard to describe how to get into a dip, a dramatic dip, or a soft <laughs> dip. And so the best way I can explain it, a soft dip is basically taking your time getting into the movement in a soft and feminine, gooey way controlled versus the dramatic dip where it's you you, you just dip top to bottom right there is no in between but there is a control that happens when you go when you drop from top to bottom where there's different part there's different mechanisms that are working you're working with your core you're working with the timing of how you fall you have your two hands that are like kind of your indication that okay. kind of hit the floor before your body hits the floor, mm-hmm. which is telling you like the floor is near so you don't bang your head. And there's a, a way where you kind of um, shift the body into falling into a position that it's it's it works at the same time. It's hard to describe, but it, that that's kind of the best way that I can describe it. It's Listen. Controlled. Choreographer Carlos, you did better than me. So here we are. Listen, you did that. (laughs) You did that. Listen, I'm going to shout out to Lisa. You know what, Lisa in L.A., I'm going to ask your question and you can just super quick. There are different levels in the ballroom scenes, such as legends, statements and stars. What are those exactly and how do you achieve them? Okay, so um, the status is achieved by the amount of years that you pour into you're, the, you're walking, basically. Okay. So you want to think of a statement as somebody that has just started. Um, one to maybe less than a year of walking. You're a baby. You just started. You're just getting your feet wet. You're just learning the elements. You're going to balls, and people don't know who you are, but people know who you are because they see you at every other function. And you walk, and you may get chopped several times, and you may get your 10, and you may battle, and you may not win, but you always come back for more. And then a star is somebody that kind of walks about a year or so, 
people start to know your name. You start to kind of win. You know, it, it's all about the um, the time that you put in. And so if you walk constantly and people know you constantly, you know, you start. You may start to travel to different states that are nearby and you bump into people that you see in L.A. They're now in San Diego or in Oakland walking the same ball. And, you know, they see you on the YouTube pages and you're making a noise for yourself. And so now you're a star because the commentator knows who you are. They appreciate you. They've seen you grow. Um, and then you kind of stay there, a statement and a star for a while. Because and then you build your credibility, you build your craft, you know, and this is in any category. This is not only in Vogue, this is in Face. It kind of works the same for every category. And so the more you walk, the more wins you get, people start to know who you are. And so what gets you to a legendary status is not only what you do inside of the ballroom scene, but what do you do outside of the ballroom scene mm. that has an impact as well? What are you doing for your community? How are you, um, are you setting up balls? Are you throwing balls yourself? Um, you know, uh, what kind of um, knowledgeability are you bringing to your house members? You At this point, in a legend, uh, as a legend, you probably are a house mother, a house father of a state. And so now you become a, a parent where you're now influencing your kids to think outside the box, to not only think that ballroom is fun and it's extracurriculum, you should never take it serious, but what are you going to do outside of ballroom that's going to be able to supply, you know, financial, financial stability? Financial stability, yeah. And, and um, you know, like, what are you going to, are you going to go to school? What do you want to accomplish? Do you feel like the ballroom scene gives you the ability to give back to the community? Then now you want to be a counselor or you want to work in, you know, the spaces that provide money for the balls, nonprofits, you know, it, it can go anywhere. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of how you get your legendary status. You start to walk overseas. You start to walk in other states. You start to reign. You really create moments. And your moment may not, you may not, you may create a moment and you may not win that category, but you must have came out in an over outfit <laughs> and your sidekick was, um, your sidekick was Jennifer Lopez or something like that. That really like creates a moment that's going to stand the test of time and people are going to talk about it. You know, and you start to create, you continue to create moments like that in different aspects of the category that you walk. Then now people like, oh, you know, um, remember, like, perfect example, Deshaun. People know Deshaun very well because mm -hmm. he was the first dramatic voga to win $5,000 mm -hmm. in his category. You know, and so wow. you create moments like that. And those, those moments, you know, people, the alliance that runs the ballroom in different states and in different places they talk about, they sit down and they talk about this among themselves and say, this person has one, this, 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 that, and a third. I think it's time for us to deem him to an be, icon. Exactly. Gotcha. And then the icon is like the, the, the higher status of like, ballroom. you've done everything. You've traveled, you've inspired, you've planted seeds. You do this for the community. You're a host now. You're walking into spaces where you're talking about, you know, the importance of protection and getting tested and you become a social, um, you become a, a, a social influence into the people in this community and you walk into spaces like being a host of Legendary or walking into seminars and talking about things that matter. Yeah. You know, where you're really- That like, you're really supporting the community. Yeah. Really supporting the community. Yeah, absolutely. So the last piece of, last two pieces of our interview, the first part is rapid fire, really fun. 
Not a long answer. I want you to really list the first thing that comes to your mind. And then the last piece is something that we curated last year um, during the, uh, was it during the pandemic possibly? I remember we recurated as far as a therapy session. And you mentioned something earlier that I'm actually going to touch on that it's going to be interesting to hear your answers. But the first one is rapid fire. All right. And this is called for you, the ballroom Bible. You ready? I want you to have really good fun with this one. First quick answer, answer, what is a ball? A place where people come to be creative. <laughs> I love how you had to think about it really quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's actually hard. Next question. What is a battle? Where two people fight for cash <laughs> or trophy. <laughs> Y'all, Carlos is literally taking a moment like, hold on, what is the answer? What is that? <laughs> Next question is, I love this one. What is a butch queen? Me. <laughs> me. You all day long and me. No. Next question. What is a butch queen in drag? Michaela. <laughs> the people that don't know who Michaela is, Carlos. <laughs> uh, a butch queen in drag is basically me in heels and a, and a wig. Okay. What is a chant? A chant is a um, set of words with a beat. This is interesting. What is a chop? <laughs> what is a chop? Mm-hmm. Not good. <laughs> uh, horrible. Need some work. So you mentioned this word earlier, and I, I feel offended that he actually thought that I knew what this word meant. <clears throat> what does over mean? <laughs> Not too much, Carlos. <laughs> What about you the it girl, yeah. Realness. Your brother hanging on the corner with his boys. Shade. Reading but not reading. Last last two. Vogue femme. A style of vogue. And the last question is walking. Participating in categories. You did good. <laughs> so you talked about love earlier when we first got on this interview. This is something that you have never really talked a lot about. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people will probably be inquisitive to really know a couple of things about you. And guys, he doesn't even know that I'm going to ask this one. So this is very interesting. Do you believe in love at first light? Absolutely. What was your first kiss like? What was my first kiss like? Um, <laughs> my first kiss was... Um, it was interesting because I had my first kiss in elementary school. Okay. Um, and it was warm. It was electrifying. 
it was <laughs> it was it was interesting it was my very first kiss so i didn't really understand like what i was doing but mm-hmm. i know that it felt good that's, that's all i can really say yeah what is your idea of a perfect date My idea of a perfect date. Oh, I love is, this, y'all. He had to really think about this one. Come on. Oof. Um, my idea of a perfect date is a low setting, great food, um, someone being their authentic selves, great conversation, honesty, um, and showing your personality and who you are. I think it's very important. I love that because I think a lot of people don't understand that that's what authenticity means. If I'm on a date with you and we're first meeting, I would just, just be you. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Let me see you. As we wrap our show, we've curated the last questions, last few, as our therapy session. Okay. Carlos, what makes you emotional? What makes me emotional? Um, so the beautiful part about what I do and as a, as a as a vogue extraordinaire <laughs> is that I get to see I get to see people come into my classroom and be shy and timid and not have the thick skin that you're supposed to have and um, not confident and see these individuals evolve Mm. and finding themselves and finding who they are and um, finding being comfortable in their skin after um, not knowing if they would if they could ever even have that or achieve that and just see someone blossom and somebody be pure at heart and um and just be themselves and, 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 and love the fact that um, someone was able to help them find that within themselves makes me emotional. Only because I knew how hard it was for me to find myself when I was growing up and all the things that I went through and how that process would always make me emotional. Yeah. Um, and so seeing, seeing people win makes me emotional. Yeah. What are you most grateful for? For my parents. Mm. I am so grateful for my parents. I um, I don't think that there's a word that I could even find or a feeling that I can describe to even begin to tell you how blessed I truly am to have the parents that I have. I mean, they are just the most supportive, loving, caring parents that anyone could have asked for. And I've truly been so lucky to have them in my corner. They are my biggest supporters. Um, They have been there for me through thick and thin and have supported every ounce of my craft. And they're, they're just amazing. I always say that if I'm given another opportunity in another life to pick 
the same parents that I can pick now, I will pick them without a doubt. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Same. My parents are still married and I had this conversation with both of them the other day. I said, as crazy as both of y'all are, I would never trade y'all for the world. (laughs) And I know they say the same thing about us too. So here we are. I'm sure. Yeah, my parents are still married as well. And so I love it. um, Yeah, that's amazing. Carlos, our last two questions are, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? The biggest risk I've ever taken has been on my craft. That's the biggest risk I've taken. Um, you know, anything that's in the anything that you do in the entertainment industry is not for the faint of heart. I mean, you really have to risk it all to have it all. Yep. I mean, I've been in the most lowest of lowest in space trying to get to where I want to get to in my career and I've been in positions where I've been depressed I've been damn near um I wouldn't say poor but you know struggling struggling Mm -hmm. really really bad Mm -hmm. and I have many opportunities to change that 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 trajectory in my life but I always said that I would never give up on my craft and I would never give up on myself and um, I would risk whatever it was to, to reach the top. And I'm so happy that I did because I've gotten the opportunity to be a part of so many monumental, iconic moments in my career. So, yeah. Carlos, once you have been able to meet so many people in the world and you've then been able to create spaces for children and other people to be able to follow your dreams and passions so then it can align with theirs. And you've probably had an opportunity to write books and speak on different panels and really start going back to the communities and even going back to the ballroom scene. Be really signed and legend and stamped as an icon just because of the work that you have done and then be able to make your mom and dad and your siblings happy and you just get to a place that so many people can just respect everything struggle passion blood sweat everything that you've gone through carlos what do you want your legacy to be I want um I want my legacy to be the the outpouring of the work that I've put in. I I want to see I want people to see the the passion that I put into all my accomplishments. I want people to remember me as a person who um, went above and beyond for a community. I want my um, legacy to be that people can accomplish whatever they want to accomplish when you put your mind to it and you stay tenacious and you stay dedicated and you stay humble 
and um, positive. That's what I want my legacy to be. I will say this, and I'll speak for everyone, is that we are so proud of all of the work that you have done. We're proud to just see you continue to stand on stages and represent your culture, to represent your people. But I think most in, most of all for me, I'm so happy just to see you stand in your own skin and feel the authenticity of who you are as a beautiful person, a beautiful soul, and be able to give back to so many people that really love and appreciate you. I want to thank you for taking this time to interview with us. Do you have any last words of advice, anything for your listeners, your new listeners, any any last words? All I just want to say is stay fast, stay, stay <laughs> consistent. Um, stay fast, stay consistent. Um, find where your niche in life is and dedicate yourself to it. Get back to, to any community or a community you're passionate about. Um, and just go above and beyond and just give it your all. I appreciate Absolutely. you. That's all I have to say. Absolutely. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this moment so much. Well, um, I was going to say... me the ability... Go ahead. To, ...to speak and to share my story with, mm-hmm. with all your beautiful um, followers. Yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Well, and I was going to say one last thing to you. Um, stay moist. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate you so much. Listen, y'all, y'all know I had to throw it on them for this last little one, too. I want you guys to make sure that you support this beautiful soul. Social media is on Instagram at Carlos, C-A-R-L-O-S underscore Basquiat. And that is B-A-S-Q-U-I-A-T. The amazing amazing Carlos Basquiat. We appreciate you. And guys, as we always say at the end of the show, stay positive, but stay creative until next time. Thank you for tuning in. I love that. Thank you.